Ready for the interview And if you get a cue Live on the laptop Watch what I'm gonna do Welcome to the show Let them know we got a point of view Hey, yo Let's have a combo Say what you feel Be real, that's the motto Real talk pronto Doctor D, PhD Hit the intro Hold up, wait Gotta be social Network global Home for the locals Gotta be social Network global Home for the locals you look fairly normal today. Fairly normal, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, nothing, nothing too out of the you ordinary. You look like today. a regular dude today. I'm so disappointed. I got rid of the stash. Um, <laughs> that's a whole thing. I don't think I've I've what reported happened, to you man? about 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 all that. You know, I I want to get there, but I I think first we need to. Am I distorting? Is my audio I don't distorting? hear any distorting. Okay, no. all right, making sure. Okay. Um, the 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 thing is is that um <laughs> i i quit the play i was in no simon no yeah and and um my my quitting and uh a few other people's quitting uh of the play uh shut it down so it, oh. it's been a it's been a big hubbub wow it's been a big deal so but first be, before we get there can we return to last podcast we were talking about trading places yes yes okay so in trading places um dan Aykroyd does blackface yes and i wanted to talk to, to talk to you about that last right. week but we didn't we didn't get to it it didn't fit the conversation how do you react to that today um i think primarily is i mean i don't like it but I also think it's just a weird thing about what happens in the past and what we think we would do in the past differently. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not sure like, okay, let's look at it this way. Like my feeling of my own blackness has changed tremendously since I've become an older, I've become older. I'm a middle-aged man now. I know yeah. I don't look like it, but you know. No, no, uh, no. You're the, the flower of youth. Over there. <laughs> flower of youth. Like I feel my blackness more as I've gotten older when I, I mean, when I saw that movie, I'd had no idea. Like I exactly. I'm like, Oh, that's right. weird. So I don't necessarily like cast all this like negativity towards people of the past for certain things uh, like that. Like uh, what Ted Danson did that right at the Emmys or something or um, with oh, Whoopi yeah. Goldberg. Remember that? that. Yeah, and uh, that was bad. It. It and, was and, bad. And, yeah, remember that's bad. It's definitely not appropriate, but I feel like it's kind of like people say about like George Washington or all these people who had slave owners and like way back then. Like, yeah. what would you do differently during that time? Like, I mean, maybe oh, yeah. Simon during that time may have been a slave owner, but you you may not be the current version of yourself. You know, like exactly. I'd be more like Jefferson, I think. Right. You'd be, be like sleeping with all the black women. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. I think we'd like to say that we have this outrage, this outrage from the past. But honestly, you really don't know what you would feel about it probably at that time. You know? No. And that, that is a discussion I've tried to have, have with my children about mm. cancel culture. You know, I think um, holding people to accountability who are alive is very different than holding people to accountability who were now deceased yeah. and trying to uh hold them to the same standards that we uh have today is and, and you know i have a daughter who's very absolute 
in her standings mm. about it and she will just cancel anybody no they mm. weren't a good person you know mm. and so um hey that's one perspective and yeah. i can't say that she's wrong i was like you know slavery uh under any grounds is bad slavery because somebody is a certain race takes it up to the next level you know um thinking that you can buy and purchase another human being and then espouse a document that talks about inalienable rights of all people is you know it's a tough it's a jagged pill to swallow yeah you know so i get that and at the same time i'm 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 like you it's like okay i don't think dan Aykroyd dan Aykroyd would do blackface today you know no, what I mean? He, I think know, he doesn't feel good about it, probably. Yeah, you know, he's like, grown up with the rest of us. Yeah. And the point of him doing the blackface was not to disparage black people, Jamaican people. Yeah. That whole scene and the whole setup was to show that these everyone involved in this heist that they were trying to do was completely incompetent. Yes. They're so ignorant. Jamie Lee Curtis comes in dressed in German attire and claims she's Swedish, you know, and, and you know, the, I think yeah. it's the Butler who calls her out. He's like, that's interesting that you're Swedish because you're wearing lederhosen, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, all of them are just, and, and even Eddie Murphy, who's acting like, you know, he's from straight from Africa Yeah. as you know, an inner city con man from the U.S., he actually doesn't know what an African person would act like. So he's doing his ignorant portrayal of, of that as well. So everybody's bad at what they're doing, you know, and, and so that's where the comedy is supposed to come from. The comedy isn't supposed to be, oh, look how stupid Jamaican people are, you right. know, with, 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 uh, with Dan Aykroyd's portrayal of a Jamaican person. And so I think the spirit of it is different. I, we still wouldn't excuse it today. You know, right. we would say, no, I don't care what spirit you're doing it in. Right. Unacceptable. Because we know the history. We're, we're too savvy today. We're you too know savvy. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, and you and I, we weren't savvy in the early 80s. No. We weren't savvy to the history of blackface and, and, and you know, everything that, that went on in our nation's history and in, in vaudeville and all these kinds of things. Yeah. So this leads me to why I quit my play. Oh, okay. Believe it or not. Wow. This was the lead in. When I, when I accepted a role in the play, I hadn't read the whole script. And had I read the whole script, had I been familiar with the script, I would have never even auditioned. For the play there is a character in the play once again the spirit of it is not to demean someone it, it's a light comedy it's not trying to say anything one of the aspects of the comedy is that no one is who they claim to be um except for the the the, the one detective who is from the get-go who he says he is he's the only guy Everybody else is in in disguise. Well, one of these people who's in disguise is in blackface. 
She is a white woman portraying a Creole Haitian. And you can say there's light-skinned Creole, and that's very valid. But the script is very, the very one of the very first interactions of the entire play is someone at, t calling her native, and she corrects them and says, I'm not native, I'm Creole. Her skin's dark. Well, the main plot point of that character turns out is that she doesn't allow anyone to touch her. But people find like this oily substance on things. Anyway, it turns out she's darkened her skin, right? With this oily makeup or whatever it is. And she's found out when the main detective guy says, come outside with me, but it's raining and she refuses to come outside because she knows it will ruin her blackface. <laughs> Had I known any of that was in the script, no way I'm doing this play, right. right? Now, to the credit of the two people who are directing the play, they were not going to put blackface on anybody. Yeah. Right? However... They were going to leave in all the references to it. So people started quitting, especially the person who they originally cast in that role. And then they start asking other people if they would come and do that role. And, and the original person who quit the role wrote them a very uh, detailed, I, I've gotten to know this person now. I didn't know them prior, but now we're friends wrote them a very detailed way in which, Hey, we could change this, but there's copyright issues, right. you know? So anyway, I was very discouraged by the whole thing. Now they did start to make edits and start to take out a lot of the thing. And, and they basically edited out that whole plot point that was going to be gone from the play. But there were still all these like Haitian references where it's just like, obviously she's posing, you know, as a Haitian, she makes references to like jungle drums, voodoo, all this stuff. And it's just not cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just not cool. So anyway, push came to shove and, and, and the rest of us, the, when I say the rest of us, I mean about a third of the cast. We all, we walked. There was a big, long discussion the night that everything kind of came to a head. And th those of us who were going to walk were kind of making our decision. And um, sweet people. I'm not trying to throw anybody under the right. bus or make it sound like anybody's bad person or or racist. But, you know, I would hear comments such as, well, what could we change it to that would be okay? Could she be Irish? Would that still be racist? <laughs> it's a white woman in the role, okay? Right. And somebody has to ask <laughs> if it would be offensive for them to portray an Irish person rather than a Haitian person. So while I'm not calling anyone hateful or racist in a, in a hateful way, there's also a level of ignorance. Yes, which is the which is really the 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 entire root of racism, isn't it? Correct. So even when person is well intentioned, they can still be ignorant 
and by that ignorance, by definition, be racist, mm. even without any hate in their heart. Right. So that that's kind of the, it's still a big thing. Let me tell wow. you, word has gotten out in this town. Word oh. has gotten out big time in this town. Um, it's a small town. Yes, yes. <laughs> in a small town of maybe 40,000 or so. And, you know, you can imagine how small the theater community here mm -hmm. is. You know, even though it's a, it's a, there's a, a lot of people involved in theater and it's, you know, the theater is, is great here for such a small community. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, <laughs> there goes Simon. <laughs> oh, man. So, certain of us might be blacklisted, you know, for, yeah. for being too woke and <laughs> causing the theater. I mean, honestly, you know, the things, these things are so complicated, which is why I didn't walk right away. And I was kind of seeing how it would go. Okay. How, you know, what kind of changes were they willing to do? What kind of, you know, what, what you know, what can we do to correct this thing? But the pushback to correct it, you know, was, was disheartening to me. Yeah. Uh, I will say. And not only that, but the attitude that it really didn't need corrected, but we'll do it for you people who are so woke. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. That was even more disheartening. And the fact that the play was chosen in the first place, how many scripts exist out there? <laughs> A lot, man. So why, why of all the scripts out there, choose one that has this? Even if you were planning on completely taking out that character and saying, we're not even going to use that character. There's not even going to be a mention of that. Why this script that had it there in the first place? There's so many things, you know, there's so many nuances. And one of the things that kept me, I'm, I'm aware of how little money there is to be made in theater. Of course. You shut down a production, that can really hurt a theater company. It can really hurt uh, the, the theater who's, you know, counting on those, on those receipts, you know? So, uh, <laughs> so there were so many levels that I was trying to navigate on, am I going to leave this production or am I going to stay in it? Um, but ultimately, I did not feel like it was doable, you know, like yeah. that, that we could all keep our integrity, that I wanted my name attached to this. And that's what, you know, the recipe will quit. That's all, you know, the same yeah. conclusion we all had. It's like none of us want our name on this. Right. You know, the, the integrity piece is interesting to me because I've actually been thinking about this word and where we're at with that. So it sounds like you had you had a very nuanced view of it, and then you had a thoughtful response, and then you decided, okay, this is kind of more than what I'm willing to put up with. And yeah, this crosses an integrity I, line for me. I, I yeah. don't put hard boundaries up on things. You know, yeah. what, you know what I'm saying. I mean, it, it's it, you have to go way far for me, you know, yeah. to find my boundaries. You know, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm similar. Yeah. I'm very forgiving. I have an open mind. So so like when we watch Trading Places again, I see Dan Aykroyd in, in, in blackface. My response is what you said. I was like, you know, I forgot about it. 
And then when I saw it, it was a little bit startling and a little yeah. bit uncomfortable at first. And I had to think it through. And so, so much of my mind is on the intention behind yes. something. So there was like two instances in my favorite show, TV show of all time, 30 Rock. Yeah. Where they do blackface. The intention is always to show what an idiotic, stupid, ignorant person would do this. It is never to celebrate blackface. Sure. You know, yeah. or to demean black people with it. Well, they don't air those episodes anymore. There's two episodes, yeah. I think, and they they cut those out and they don't air them anymore. And one of them happens to be one of my favorite episodes, <laughs> which is too bad. You know, I was like, dang yeah, it, why do they I know. have to have that in there? But um, but that was the mature thing to do. It was, yeah. it was the you know intelligent thing to do was to say, all right, we can't air these with this subplot in there. And um, so anyway, you know, it, it it's just like we were saying before, it's like we're at a place now where it's like we're too smart and the audience is too smart. Yes. One of the things, one of the, one of the directors of the play, which is really one of the things that kind of pushed me out of it. And, one, and once again, this is a wonderful person. I like this person. I'm friends with this person. I plan on continuing to be friends with this person, you know. Um, but one of the things they said was that a lot of the lines or the interactions of this character that was originally in blackface would go so quickly because of the pace of the show that the audience wouldn't have time to really, you know, calculate what's really happening. And for me, that was so insulting Yeah, to the audience. I assume my audience is really smart. You know what I mean? I, you know, sometimes maybe I assume too much of my audience mm. in that way, but I want my audience to be smart. You know, I want them to get the joke and, and, and to get high level of humor. And so I just assume that they're going to do that. And for someone who's directing the show to assume they wouldn't, to assume that they wouldn't observe the nuances of what's really happening and be able to read between the lines and say, oh, that person's in blackface in the script, even if they're not on stage. <laughs> Once again, it was it was another one of these like warning lights, alerts that go on in my brain. I'm like, okay, I'm 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 just this isn't the production for me. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And now <laughs> thinking back about our previous episode, I'm like, this definitely makes sense. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh yeah, because I told you that I've yeah. been talking to the directors afterwards. Right. There were so many things that were going on. Yeah. So many things. And you know, somebody who, uh, the local theater awards here is called the Stanleys. And uh, somebody who's on the Stanleys, like, committee saw me at the symphony on Sunday. And um, so they found, they knew I was in the play. And so they were asking me, you know, what happened? You know, what? what? And And you've heard me talk about it. I'm not throwing anybody under the bus. No, I'm not trying to like demonize anyone. So I'm glad when somebody comes up to talk to me about it. I'm not interested in gossip, elevating the drama. I want to diffuse it. Yeah. You know, I, I want to be like, hey, and, and this is how I described it to that person. I said, you know, it really boils down to a terrible miscalculation. That's really what it was. 
Nobody intended to do anything offensive. Nobody was trying to, you know, uh, hurt the community or, or cause drama in any way. They had done the play before 30 years ago. That's what happened. One of the directors right. had been involved in the production in the early 90s. And it was a big hit. Well, lots of things in the 80s and 90s were big hits. <laughs> That's true. That would not go over today. And we right. were just talking about it, trading places. That scene in trading places would never happen. No, they would never redo that. No. Yeah. So we don't have to cancel trading places. No. Because because we know the spirit that it was made in and the ignorance, you know, that went along with it. And it wasn't an ignorance of, of, of hate or anything like that. It was just ignorance. So we can we can still look back on that movie with fond memories and yeah. not be offended by it. But like you just said, if someone was to say, hey, we need to remake trading places. The white guy's not doing blackface. No, not at all. (laughs) I just don't think we should be killing people for stuff that happened a long time ago and not and and not knowing who they are now or if the person's not alive, whatever. It's just like, why are we giving this so much energy? In today's society, we know better. We're trying to do better. But to spend so much effort just like killing someone for the past. Yeah. I mean, I've done a lot of dumb things in the past, man. I don't want people <laughs> crushing me for something I did when I was yeah. 20. Or you see with people with, I don't do it, tweeting and all that stuff, but like somebody writes a terrible tweet when they're 15 and they're 30, and then some organization cancels them because of something they said a long time ago. They may not even be close to that person anymore type of thing. Uh, it's just, it's a little much for me, you know? Our ability to heal and move on as human beings is astounding. Yeah. It's been less than a hundred years. It's been about 80 years since world war II. Right. You know, I don't even think of Nazis when I think of Germany. Right. You know what I mean? If somebody mentions Germany, Nazis aren't the first thing that come to mind. No. You know what I mean? Because we heal. When I think of Japan, I don't think of, that imperialistic, you know, kamikaze, no. ultimate loyalty to the emperor, to divine emperor, you know, do anything for the divine emperor and, and commit war crimes and all these things. I don't think of that anymore. Japan has moved on. They're completely right. different. I mean, not completely different, but I'm saying <laughs> right. governmentally and in the spirit that they that they uh, that that their community upholds themselves is completely different than world right. war ii so i don't think of that anymore so we need to give everyone that grace all of us yes. that kind of grace <laughs> and to me it's just sad when we don't because you really miss out on a lot of stuff yeah you miss out on on how good people are because yes. of mistakes they made most definitely and the difference is is when someone is spouting these crazy this crazy rhetoric and anti this and that stuff in today's society that knows better yeah now you're dealing with a different person at that point and it's like okay yes. you have all the information you know this is not right and you're still doing it what's happening here like <laughs> it's like it's like smoking and vaping man right you know it's, it's just, just like the You're making a decision. Warning is on there. Yeah, you've made a decision to hurt yourself, and you know that that's 
most of my um you know you the the thing is that's really surprising is that we are so global but at the same time we're so regional and tribal still yes and I keep on thinking that no matter how small the community or whatever, I, I just think, well, because of the internet, we're all global now. Yeah. Well, that's not really the case. Yeah. You know, and it's not even the case for me who wants it to be like that. I, I'm trying to be like that, but I'm not, you know, I'm not there. You know, I, I my brain is so full of ignorance, you know, about other cultures and everything. And I'm just trying to learn. Right. But, you know, in order to learn, we have to assume we were wrong. <laughs> That's hard to do. <laughs> but that is the assumption you have to go into to learn anything. Yeah. You have to come into something with the assumption that you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know the subject matter. Because if you go in there thinking you know it, you, you don't learn anything. Yeah. You don't learn anything at all. So that's always, you know, even when I'm in a situation where I know I'm going to disagree with somebody, you know, I'm trying to remind myself of that. Yeah. It's like, he's like, Simon, you don't, you don't know everything. <laughs> it, actually, one of the things I'm, I'm very sarcastic with myself. So I'll, I'll say things to myself like, Hey, be careful. You might learn something. Yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you were sarcastic with yourself. Simon. I wasn't aware of that in this sarcastic comment that I made. <laughs> so you want to hear one of the, one of the also great points of this story of me quitting the, the play. It was the same night that I was trying to release the first episode of my podcast. So I was, I was immediately quitting something and letting a lot of people down. Okay. And then starting something and probably also letting a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> we should talk about this episode of your podcast, by the way. It's, it's this fascinating. I listened to the entire thing and oh, I was like, man. this is my guy, Simon, man. I got to talk to him about this. <laughs> you know, it was, it was kind of therapeutic too. I, I actually recorded that podcast earlier in the day and then released it that evening yeah you know and in between quit my play you know <laughs> what i mean so what a day. Just, yeah <laughs> um so it was yeah it was it was uh it was a weird headspace to be in. i was telling my wife shannon that you know i i don't think i get overly emotional about you know like quitting a play things mm -hmm. like that you know i've been doing artistic stuff long enough to say most of it doesn't work out, mm. you know, and e even when you see a project through all the way through and you complete it, it normally doesn't work out. That's just the way of it, man. Yeah. Sounds like Tom Hanks. I mean, we, this, this is a good link to the, another episode we talk That's about right. Tom Hanks and he said, yeah. it's a miracle that movies get made it is. literally. And he said, and most of it's not good, even when it's made. And I was yeah. like, I agree with him on that. Yes. <laughs> yes. Very much so. And it leaves the the audience wondering, why? Why, why? wasn't this better? Yeah. You know, but most of us who are asking that question, including myself sometimes, well, I would say most of us who are asking that question aren't involved in artistic endeavors. Yeah. 
So we don't have that experience. But even from my perspective, I'm, I'm who, who I've spent all my adult life in artistic endeavors that most of them have failed at least to one extent or another, whether they failed my expectations or they failed, you know, just as an art, a piece of art or whatever it is, you know, uh, they failed, you know? So um, I always like to tell the story about the first album I made in, in Portland. I was like 24 years old, spent a year on it, spent like eight or $10,000 going to the studio, getting it yeah. made threw it in the trash complete and utter failure yeah that's the way of it them's the breaks them's and the it, breaks <laughs> <laughs> and it disappoints so many people i made so many people i don't i don't know if i want to say angry but they they felt emotions yeah yeah <laughs> let's there was put some it that way there, yeah it didn't it didn't ruin all the friendships that i had with those people, but it ruined some yeah it, it did and and so it was and then i was the bad guy i was the villain i was the one who said no can't release this it's it's not good enough right you know and, and so here i am again florence alabama 20 years later doing the same thing <laughs> he's got a track record <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man simon you failure <laughs> I know, I know it, man. But you know that's that's just the way of it, and and I think, you know, I just heard this statistic the other day. It's like eight out of ten restaurants fail within the first year, oh, or something yeah, like that. You know, for sure. That's just that's just life. Things yeah. fail. They flop. They they go wrong. Yeah, you know, and that's that's just how how it like goes. a lot of the times, you know. And I think people just aren't willing to accept it. A lot of there's so many stories. I was like, I got to talk to Simon about this. There's a rich amount of information out there that happened between the last recording. And it was uh, I don't know if you heard of this story. I forgot what university where like the organic chemistry class and the, all the students and the parents railed against the university because they said this professor's class was too hard. Oh, yeah. And they actually, fired the guy. Yeah. I was now, actually just I, listening. I to took organic chemistry in college. I got to see. It was very difficult. Yeah, but I, think I never complained to my the parents. Medical profession have said that, right? But I never complained to my parents that, it, like, wow, this is too hard. I understood the fact that if I can't do this, then I shouldn't be doing this. Probably, yeah. yeah. You know, I'm a, I'm an adult now. I got to have my own study habits. And I think we, the point of it is, is like we're having a hard time accepting failure in our current society as a normal part of existence. Like sometimes your best is not good enough. Sometimes it isn't, you know, that, that is a top down situation. Yeah. Think of the last election. If I lose, it's because it's rigged. Right. When the leader of your entire nation, you know, this is, this is, <laughs> we're going to get political for a second. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that was my attitude from the get go with Donald Trump. Okay. I mean, he could put forth amazing policies. He was still going to be a bad leader. Right. I mean, and, and the and the policies that he put forth, they could have all worked. Like the economics, we could have had an economic boom. We right. didn't, you know, nothing, you know, but I'm just saying, you know, he could have fixed all of our foreign relations problems, right. but he couldn't. 
There's no way a person with that personality can do that. Right. It's just the wrong personality to lead a democracy. Right. Exactly. Exactly. He, you know, he's good at conning. He's give him that. And, and, you know, there's a, there's, there's a level of appreciation I have for the con artist. I really do. Yeah. You know, so, um, so it's not, uh, not like I don't appreciate him at all, but what's the first thing I heard president Biden talk about when he came into office, he was addressing his new staff and he said, there will be anyone who's heard using disparaging language will be fired immediately. Right. You couldn't do a, a bigger 180 than that of from course. the previous administration. Yeah. So the acceptance of failure, the acceptance of I can fail, that is completely opposite of Trumpism. Yeah. Whereas we can't fail. If we fail, it's because they cheated. Right. Which is just so mind-boggling, you know, to me. It's just like... You're hedging the bet. You're saying, if this what happens, if this happens, then that's the reason why I lost. Yeah. We have just a very fluid relationship with failure. It's just like, well, I lost because this happened. It's never because of your own stuff. Yes. Always because of something else. And listen, if you if you fail a course in college, you fail a course in college. Yes. It happens. It's it could happen. Like I failed a couple of entry exams for a different profession I was thinking of doing, and I just couldn't pass it. You know what I did? I moved yeah. on and I did what there I'm doing go. now. There That's what go. I did. And I didn't talk to my parents about it at all. I didn't do any, I just handled it myself. Because I'm at school on my own. I need to start making my own decisions. And some yeah. of that decision is going to yeah. be bad. Like, it's yeah. okay. Like, uh, to me, I mean, you said it all right there. Uh, I love the saying, any given Sunday. Yeah. On any given Sunday, Donald Trump can be president and then he can <laughs> lose the presidency. Right. That's the whole idea on any given Sunday. And you would think that all of the Trump supporters who are mostly football fans, I assume, sorry, yeah, that might be, that maybe. might be, that might be insensitive <laughs> of me, but I'm living in Alabama and everybody's a football That's fan right. and a Trump Roll supporter, tie. you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> so that, that's my reality I'm in right now, but I'm just saying it's like, everybody knows that on any given Sunday, the best team can lose to the worst team. That's right. That's exactly, right. and the Lakers lose all the time, so don't worry about it, Simon. Exactly, it just it doesn't matter. Exactly. Any every night the Lakers are lost, and, it's, and they're probably going to be the ninth seed again this year. So, like, oh, I know it, I know it. I, I, I've have, I have no faith in the Los Angeles. <laughs> just Lakers let it go, whatsoever. Man. Just let yeah. it go. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, well, I mean, luckily that's you know, I just appreciate sport. You know, we've talked right. about this where it's just like. Yeah, you know, it's nice when the Lakers win because yeah. I've been a Laker fan since I was like eight, you know, so so it's nice when they win. But when I see the other team play so well and beat them, I'm not sitting around saying, oh, they suck and they right. only won because of this. Oh, the reps were terrible. No, the other team won. They played better. 
Yeah. It's the ultimate dividing line sports. There's a clear outcome. Yes. And for some reason we, we accept that in sports, like, okay, sure. Maybe there's a bad call here and there and you go, maybe that could have tipped it, but overall people go, Hey, it, you know, they lost. And for, we can't seem to accept that in other parts of society for some reason. It's strange the, to me. You know? The best part of any sport is watching the losers and the winners shake hands. Yeah. That's the best part. That's great. When you see losers and winners after the, 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 the match or the competition, whatever sport you're watching, hug, shake hands, say good game. You know, we're talking basketball, so we're going to butt pat. You know, yeah, exactly. You know, give give yeah. the other team a little spank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to say great game. And nothing is more distasteful than when you saw those kids who lined up to shake hands after the game who refused, who like yeah. went through the whole line with their arms, arms folded. Crossed, yeah. It's like you looked at those guys, you thought you guys are such losers. <laughs> yeah. You know, take it I on mean, the chin, man. Yeah, exactly. That's the whole thing. I think as a father, we come to appreciate losing a bit more. Yeah. Does that make sense? Because yeah. you want to see your kid succeed. Of course. When my kid outsmarts me, you know, maybe we're like playfully giving little digs at each other or something, you know, we're, we're just joking on each other's, yeah. you know, and, and when my kid lays a line on me, you know, that I'm like, I can't top that. Yeah. It's funny, right? <laughs> oh, I'm a proud papa, man. I'm such a proud papa. It's I've gone so pretty great. deep in my parenting, uh, Simon. Like I've been very vulnerable with my daughter. Like I, it was maybe a couple of weeks ago and, uh, and she was, it was something was going on and I told her she let me down on something mm. she had done and it devastated her. I mean, mm. let's, let's just put out there. I, I'm not going to mix words. I told her that straight up and she lost it. But then I, I gave her a hug. I said, but listen, I know I've let you down plenty of times too. And that happens in go. life. Somebody's going to let you down. Even your dad. I said, I know I could be a better dad sometimes. And sometimes I make the choice not to be a better dad because of whatever things I'm into, I'm watching the show or I, whatever yeah. is going on. Yeah. And I said, you deserve that honesty from me that I could be better sometimes. Like that's the type of life I want to live with people. It's right. like, you know, like <laughs> I just blew it, <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. like, <laughs> right. I'd rather somebody tell me they just blew it. They didn't want to do it. Just just tell me the truth. I'll be I'll be OK with the truth. I'm never OK with the lie, but I'm always cool with the truth, you know, no matter how bad it feels. You and I are a little different that way. Yeah. I want people to lie to me all the time. At Simon I enough. to tell me how good I am, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I love you, Simon. You're great. Everything you do is no, wonderful. No, Simon. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I Keep it coming. That. Keep it coming. Yeah. <laughs> I do want to hurt my alternate reality. That that was like the honest, most honest Simon. I was like, wow, this has gotten different. I was like, well, you know, I mean, that's the whole point of the podcast, right? Yeah. Is to be brutally honest. Yes. And I've gotten such wonderful feedback from it. I've had I've had people call me and or message me and be like, man, I'm tearfully contemplating, you know, what I just heard. Yeah. And, um, and it's really funny to me. It's hilarious because I don't take myself 
seriously right yeah. you know me yeah it's like I, I could say the most serious or profound thing you know <laughs> once in a while something like that might escape my lips yeah but yeah. i don't take it seriously i'll i'll, I'll immediately undercut it because i know who i am yeah right yeah but when I, I listened back to the podcast, of course, before airing it, because I was like, you know, a lot of production went into it with my little piano and all that kind of stuff. I wanted to make sure everything was good and all that kind of thing. And so um, when I said the last line, which is something like, uh, when I'm at the window waiting for purpose to come into, waiting at the window waiting for purpose to come into my life, that's when I'm filled with self-loathing. Yeah. And when I heard that myself speak that back to me, I almost started crying. Wow. Because the truth of that statement, as bleak as it might sound, this is, you know, I'm not writing a fiction podcast. These are the thoughts of my mind that I'm trying to get out, you know, because it's really difficult, as we've talked about before, to find anybody who can have these conversations with, yes. right? And and yes. and and I think for folks like you and I, you have this amazing podcast where you're constantly talking to people, and I feel yeah. like you you have this marvelous opportunity to constantly express yourself and ideas, and hear other people express themselves, and have that feed into your own self expression. And now you're expressing yourself better and better, and and all these kind of things. It's a beautiful thing. Well. You know, maybe it was jealousy, and I was like, "I want that," but I don't want anybody <laughs> to interrupt me. So I'm gonna. <laughs> that was honest. See, that's the that's the best. That encapsulates what I want from people. I don't want to be interrupted. That's why I don't talk to you. Uh, yeah. No guess. <laughs> no no guessing. guessing. I hate guessing with people's oh, mind. I'm like, man. just tell me. Like. <laughs> yeah. So you know. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh man oh that was funny uh, yeah well you know so I, I i just want to get these these thoughts out there and um most of them you know I, it's just hard to find that venue yes it's hard to find that venue where you can actually uh and this will sound super corny but speak your truth mm -hmm. right <laughs> And, you know, I don't want to pretend that there's all these alternate truths out there, but, <laughs> but what I want to say, maybe speak our personal philosophy. I like that. That's better to me. Your yeah. personal philosophy. Yeah. And, and the word philosophy means love of wisdom. That's right. Right. And, and that's what, that's what drives me in my life. Yeah. Is that love of wisdom and wisdom is very complicated it's not easy. It's very nuanced. That's why there's not a lot of it in the world. <laughs> it's true, man. Seriously, you know, That's true. We, we have a lot of information, but not a lot of wisdom. Yeah. You can Google anything except wisdom. Mm. Wow. I like that. I'm going to have to meditate on that. <laughs> well, you know, the other thing too is this is gets deep. This gets deep. This is like, a personal mission of mine. I don't, I don't, you don't know this about, okay, people, Simon doesn't know this about what we're uh -oh. doing. I have right, an alternative thing All right. with this. I'm ready for it. Is to do this as long as possible with you. And also, it's a love letter 
about our lives to other people of saying, Hey, when we're gone, our digital, you can watch and hear us forever. Yeah. We'll always be here. And for my daughter, one day when I'm gone, she can always have a piece of me through these videos and the audio. Yeah. And she can see all the people I interacted with in my life and the whole thing. And this is part of my life. This is a key part of my life. So I wanted to live on beyond me type of thing. How how old is she now? She's 11. She's 11. 11. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, she's probably a lot like my kids. She's very interested in you and what you're doing. Yes. But maybe not to the extent where she's ready to listen to every episode and try to grapple with everything (laughs) that's happening, right? Yeah. I love, you know, the other week, my, it's actually my daughter, Adriana's 17th birthday today. And she was saying the other week, and she's big into music, you know, she's a teenager, you know, so she always has headphones on. She's always singing along to her bands and everything. So anyway, she turns to me in the kitchen one of these evenings and she says, dad, it's like, what? She said, sometimes I forget how many awesome albums that you've made, you know? Yes. Because they don't sit around listening to come their dad. They're not going to sit around listening to their dad. Yeah. You know, they're going to yeah. listen to the hottest thing that's out there. You know right. what I mean? So I appreciated that. You know, I appreciated that, you know, all right. Maybe I'm not her favorite artist. You know? <laughs> All right. I can deal with that. No yeah. problem. But um, but once in a while, like you just said, and especially probably as they get older, yeah. they'll be like, oh, man, dad did some stuff, didn't he? Yeah. It might not even sound very impressive to them right now that right. I did like 12 albums in around a year. Yeah. Maybe this podcast I'm doing, maybe they'll be like, eh, you know. <laughs> Who knows? Dad's kind of weird. He sounds kind of weird when he's talking into a microphone because he's doing some theatrical thing with his voice or whatever, you yeah. know. But uh but hopefully, you know, as they get older. So actually about 10 years ago, I started to write a book for my kids. Have I ever told you about that? Uh I don't think so. All right. So I started to write this book and I had all these things. And um I had had written like five chapters of this book and it wasn't like a a typical autobiography. You know, I wasn't telling them, Oh, I grew up in Alaska. This is what happened. You know, no, it was my thoughts on important things. So I had a huge chapter just about the subject of love and all the different kinds of expressions of love and how I felt about those things at the time. Well, okay. I went back and I was rereading it. And I was like, I have to throw all this away. <laughs> Here we go again. Because <laughs> I've changed. That's right. I've evolved. That's right. These aren't, it's not, I mean, some of it still holds true, but some of it I'm like, that's not me anymore. Yeah. It's, and I'm I'm really happy about that. I think I've progressed as a human being through this search for wisdom that yes. I've been on. So that was at once kind of deflating, you know, that I have to like, oh, well, I have to throw all this crap away. But at the same time, it was elevating because I was like, oh, yeah, I've grown a lot in 10 years. 10 years has changed me immensely. Of course. 
the recognition of that though is like i think sometimes we forget we assume we are the person we were yeah and that, this is one of my favorite questions to ask people do you think you're the same person you were in high school you'd be surprised how many people think will say essentially yes wow that's honestly i hate to say this that seems disappointing <laughs> like you know I mean, I, I don't know. I, but the thing about that is, is that I don't think it's true of anyone. I think yeah, there's no way. I, th I think that's self-perception. I agree with that. I think so. Maybe think there's the a desire to want that because you really enjoyed that version of your life so much. You know, yeah. some people like, you know, you hold the old term that was their highlight. You know, high school yeah. was their highlight or college. <laughs> oh, man. You know, I'm like, what no way. Highlight. Definitely not a thing for me. A, uh, yeah. <laughs> I hope that would never be the case for me in my life. You know, I'll, I'll be 45 over 15 any day of the week. My any friends. day, give it Ugh. any day. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's not, there's not a single moment in high school that I would trade for, for any moment. In my adult couldn't pay me life. to go back to yeah, that time, man. Not, and I had a pretty good time. Yeah. You know, it's pretty, it's a pretty popular guy. Pretty popular <laughs> with the ladies. You yeah. Know? yeah. I had a good time. You know? Yeah, man. I mean, I didn't have it, but you know, I was also, I didn't realize it at the time, but I was also suffering from depression. I didn't even know it. it you just add depression to teenage hormones to all this other stuff yeah. that's going on in your life during that time. So as, a, as much fun as I was having, it was also horrible. Yeah. Because things that I can deal with easily today, I couldn't handle as a teenager. Yeah. You know, and that's just growing up. That's growing up. So so I never want to go back to that place where I can't handle my, my emotional, you know, and I'm not cognizant enough to understand what I'm going through and to right. be able to work through it in a mature way. Boy, yeah. No thanks, man. No, no. I, mean, I, I also think, listened yeah. to a lot of Van Halen back then, and I don't oh want to go back to that either. You don't want to go back to that? <laughs> like, I, I, I have a real deep appreciation for Van Halen. I don't do get too, me wrong. Man. Don't <laughs> like, get me wrong. But, you know, I was listening to Van Halen, like, all the time. I mean, not all the time. I had a Van, yeah. Like everybody, I, I listened sure. to a lot of stuff. I was just telling somebody, actually. Actually, it was my daughter, Adriana, this morning. I was driving her to school. And we were talking about racism. We were talking about stuff like this. And um, and I said, you know, uh, somebody asked me when I was, a, you know, kind of like 12, 13 or so, if I wanted to be black. Oh, wow. I was wearing all my Lakers stuff. Yeah. You know, I listened to rap music all the time. You know, most of my favorite artists were rap artists. And then there was like, ccr van halen and the rolling <laughs> yeah, stones right. and stuff like that you yeah. know but i listened to a lot of rap at the time but i just thought that was so interesting at the time and i still do today to assume that because i was wearing sports paraphernalia and i was listening to ll cool j yeah that i wanted to be black <laughs> wow <laughs> and i was like i mean i wouldn't mind but it's not like a life goal right you yeah. know that's interesting they had that quite they had that question i mean so uh, yeah just a really interesting thing yeah. and you know that goes back to that ignorance that is racism 
Yeah. You know, it's 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 not that that person I don't think had any animosity for black people. Yeah. They were just seeing that maybe I was appreciating things that were stereotypically black. Yeah. Right. They thought it was part of the culture and they're like, yeah. oh, yeah, you must be really into this, you know, like. Yeah. I was like, well, I, you know, I have no intention on changing the pigmentation of my skin. I mean, you're but, not Sammy you know, Sosa here. I mean, it's like, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> Michael Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, but I just think that's a, that's such an interesting thing, and now we 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 call that cultural appropriation. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, I was appropriating, you know, your culture, right? When I was listening to LL Cool yeah. J, it's like, I mean, come on, man, can't I just enjoy music? My culture, right? Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that's what I'm saying, man. It's, yeah. it sounds so silly. It sounds. Yeah. I mean. It, that sounded racist when I said your culture, you know, right. I mean, it sounded I, terrible, I, right? It's just kind of like back, maybe it was in the eighties, early nineties when, you know, I think it was like cross colors. Remember cross colors? Yeah, Remember that yeah, gear? Yeah. I had some cross colors gear. I would never wear anything like that now, but, uh, yeah. you know, there was this big movement in the black community. It's like, you know, mother Africa back to Africa. And I always be like, you don't even know anything about Africa. First of all, it's a continent, not a country. I was like, exactly. second of all, yeah, like you have, they where don't identify Africa with are you. you. Planning on going? I know, like, go where South you, Africa? like, <laughs> have you been to Ghana? You've been to like, yeah. like, you don't even know anything. Yeah. Black people, American black people, and Africans, there's not a lot in common there. There just isn't. I'll be real. Yeah. There's just not a lot in common there. It's almost as a lost lineage between yeah. the two people, um, which is what I think also is part of some of the terrible plight of people of my ethnicity that's different than other ethnicities is there's a, there's a linkage between maybe Italian-Americans and Italy and Greek Americans yes. and Greece and you yeah. know Asian-Americans in Asia. There's always been a link Black people have this very large gap of yes. missing lineage, which yes. is why we also have a lot of strife with it. But I'd be like, our culture is not Africa. It's not like, yeah, no one here knows anything about the continent of Africa. That <laughs> is black generally. <laughs> like, no, it is. It is really interesting. You know, it's like, um, and 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 this might sound racist, so so be prepared. But this is you know, the racist show. Did you know yeah. that this is what this episode's about? <laughs> okay. But I've always I've always kind of chuckled at African American, just that term. Yeah, I, mean, I don't identify because, as that. Just so. because I'm not British American, no, or or German or Scandinavian American. You I mean, do like a Viking, though. You do my... look a little like a I Viking yeah, American. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like... yeah. You know. <laughs> I mean, but wouldn't it be racist of me to say that you looked like a Nigerian? I know I'd that be like, would be, you know, it'd be crazy, no. right? So, so these kinds of things. But I also understand trying to, like, like you were just saying, trying to reestablish that link. Sure. And I get that. And you know, I was talking to somebody in the gym yesterday, and he loves to talk about how he's German. Oh, okay. It's like, well. You're not really German. I mean, <laughs> you've lived in the United States your whole life, you know. But <laughs> and, and and the fact that you have to keep saying you're German just shows how non-German you are. If you were <laughs> if you were as German as you thought you were, you would never have to tell me that, uh... you know. So I, I'm just like, you know, my ancestry, I have a lot of German ancestry. 
I don't go around telling people, well, you know, I'm German. So this is why <laughs> I do this. But he he likes to do that. He likes to talk about, you know, the way that he analyzes things is because he's German. Oh, okay. And I'm just like, well, I think you're just old. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> I could say I'm German then. I mean, I was born there. I've lived there twice. I mean, I'm there not German. Go. I mean, See, it's like, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's what I'm saying. It's crazy. You know, I, one of the things I love about being American is to not claim anything. Yeah. It's like my lineage is so, you know, befuddled with yeah. all kinds of sprinklings of all kinds of things, like most people's, right? Like most people. Yeah. yeah. Who've come from another, you know, there are places in the world where people are just straight up who, you know, that nationality with right. very little intermingling. And that's cool too. But those of us who've, who are the ancestors of imports, right? Yeah. Talk about supply chain. I mean, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we've got a real, and, and, and man, I, one of the things I was uh, telling my daughter this morning, Adriana, she was, um, we were actually laughing about uh, the idea of wanting to be, you know, another race or nationality. Yeah. And I was saying, you know, I kind of get it though, because I lived in Brazil for two years. And when you see the combination of European, African, and Native American combined to such a beautiful mm -hmm. people, you're like, oh, wow. Yeah, I wouldn't mind being that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, pale and pasty is, is what I've got pale to work with, you know? <laughs> pale and pasty. No caramel beauty over here, man. It's, it's like all... sunny and overcast. It's pale and pasty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with, with a chance of oily. Some chance. Yeah. 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 You know? But, you know, it's... Um, so I, I, I love it when I see people who are, who find that link to their past yeah. and they embrace it. And I think that's really cool. And I, and I love that 23 and me thing Yeah, where people can find those links. And I think that's especially moving when, um, African American people who yeah. are able to find, oh, I came from this part of Africa, yeah. you know, this tribe and things like that. I think that's so beautiful. Yeah, that's the good side. The dark side is when people find out they have all these other kids and stuff. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I seen a dateline yeah. about that. I was like, what? <laughs> was yeah. like, it's crazy, man. Oh, man. You got the Herschel Walkers out oh, there. Who are... okay. uh, <laughs> oh, this is... The Herschel Walker stuff's too much for me. It's almost too much for me. It's this is the casual integrity thing oh, as well. Yeah. And they're lying. The lying is so unbelievable. It's like we're it, OK with it. I think to me, one of the I'd like listen to Collar Cowherd, uh, the, the herd sports show. Uh, yeah. Every once in a while he gets on like a little rant. And he's like, I, I'm cool with a lot every you know about like <laughs> politics. That's what I mean. Yeah. Sorry. And yeah. he said, you know what? I'm. I'm really um, disturbed by in our country is this uh, this casual integrity and the acceptance of lying like this, yes. just this except yeah. he said it used to be if somebody and you remember this, we're old enough to know that, like if some major figure and it was uh, became it exposed that they were a liar, they were done. It was yes. like we're not it almost doesn't matter anymore. It's like 
oh, they are, they're really a big liar. And we have all this evidence. They're like, well, are they on my side? Do they rep it? Okay. It's okay. It's okay. That is troubling to me. I agree with them on that. That's really troubling to me. It is very troubling. And sometimes it breaks my heart when progressives cancel their, their own. And it's not because I'm some huge progressive. We, you, right. you and I know that we about each other. We're, this, we're yeah. very, yeah. But, um, oh, what's his face? It, his name just flew out of my head. He did Stuart Smalley on Saturday Night Live, and he became oh a senator. Um, uh, what's his Minnesota oh, senator. Al Franken? Al Franken, Al thank Franken, you. Al Franken, yeah. A man of seemingly immense integrity who used to be a comedian and would do a lot of you know, kind of inappropriate humor. Yeah. And some of that inappropriate humor humor was photographed. Um, and he immediately stepped down from the Senate, you know, even though he didn't actually, to my knowledge anyway, actually physically do right. anything, but he was photographed pretending, you know, which was enough for the integrity of his position that he and his colleague colleagues felt like it was appropriate for him to step down. Right. And that broke my heart a little bit because I think he was just such an amazing Senator. Yeah. I thought uh, so too. Um, so, but, but that's my compliment to progressives is that you, you, you'll, the, my compliment to, conservatives is that they are extremely loyal no matter what that guy did right <laughs> right mean, no matter what <laughs> when donald trump said he could go to times square and shoot somebody mm -hmm. and still win the election that is what i'm talking about yeah. right there i don't he, he he tells a lot of lies but that one was true that was true yeah progressives can't do that and that's my compliment to them. Yeah. That, yeah. Progressives, they're just people. They sure. they do all kinds of mistakes. Some of them are liars. Some of them are cheaters. Some of you know, all, all the things. But when it comes out, boy, do they cancel those people. Yeah. You know, Bill Clinton doesn't, you know, you don't find him on the campaign trail, you know, supporting candidates. Right. They don't want to have anything to do with him. He's that guy who disgraced the Oval Office. Right. You know, I think that's a beautiful thing. And I think we need a lot more of that on both sides. Yes. <laughs> a lot more yes. of saying, we don't want to have anything to do with this guy. I don't care how conservative or how progressive they are. And I am, if they are a Bill Clinton or a Donald Trump and they can't keep themselves acting appropriately in the yeah. office they hold i don't want to have them representing me even if it hurts even if even, it hurts your chances you should have integrity about it yes even if it means you're going to lose the election that's right we, so we see that on the conservative side with somebody like a liz cheney right lost her her election mm -hmm. i was so disappointed in that right that was an opportunity for conservatives in wyoming to show that they had integrity too yeah failed the test failed the test failed it miserably 
not trying to judge you all individually, Wyoming <laughs> residents, I'm, but as a whole, as a group, <laughs> you failed the test. Yes. And, and you know, there's just yeah, nothing against conservatives. You know, there's good conservatives. Uh, you know, Murkowski, Romney. There, there, are, uh. there are representatives with real integrity, not perfect people just like the rest of us. Mm-hmm. But they have integrity for the office they hold, and they won't support somebody or somebody's policies, even if that makes them unpopular. Yeah. Exactly. And I just, you know. There's not enough of that. That's my problem with it. There needs to be. It's so. I got in this big discussion. I'm on a committee uh, for this big fitness organization. We have this huge conference every year in Vegas and all this stuff. And we sat down and we were talking about like, hey, kind of analogous in our industry, we have a real image problem in fitness and wellness. We have like a real big issue of like, we're not moving the needle and more people actually participating in physical activity movement. Mm. I said, but look at what we're offering at these conferences, uh, abs and assets, booties and barbells. You know, we're doing the, we're doing the ass grabbing and the skin selling business. That's I said, you know, what we need to do, we need to hurt ourselves and pair back. Even that, that means less revenue for the conference and maybe less presenters. If we want to be taken, be more legitimate, we have to have a better line of integrity Man. and and people aren't willing to do that. It feels like in this society, they're like, will it help me win? Yeah. If it helps me win, I will literally forego all of my values as long as it makes me win. That's yeah. troubling to me. That's very troubling. And that is so interesting because I was literally pondering my previous experience as a physical mm-hmm. trainer, you know, uh, just this morning. And I was yeah. thinking about this exact thing because um, I had oh, no, been a our trainer. mind is syncing up. My, I what know. Is I, this crazy. is weird. No, we've been doing this too long. <laughs> it's going to be Freaky Friday here soon, man. <laughs> so uh, I, I was training at Crunch and I'm, you know, uh, I actually like the crunch facilities and, and their basic mindset. They have Olympic weight stations, you know, they have, you know, they yeah. kind of mix it up and they try to appeal to serious athletes and the casual gym goer yeah, uh, alike. And, and most gyms don't do that. They, they go for one or the other. That's right. So I appreciated that about them. And when I was training with them, at least at my gym, they, I had free reign. How I wanted to train my clients, how I wanted to do things, as long as my clients were happy, successful, and they could see that, you know, I was doing a good job. They were totally hands off with me. Really appreciated that. So then another gym actually recruited me and made a lot of promises and I was really excited because their facility was going to sound like it was going to be off the charts. And I'm sure it was. It wasn't completed at the time. Anyway, so I went to go work for them. And at first, they let me do my thing, right? And then they got new management came in. And they saw me. I'll give you an example of one of the things they saw me doing. At the time, I was training somebody for the Scottish Highland Games. Mm-hmm. Awesome athlete. 
big, tall, lean, handsome guy. Um, and I had never trained anyone for the Scottish Highland Games before. This was my first time doing it. And uh, that's a really niche thing. Yes. You know, very much. So when the guy approached me about it, you know, I said, listen, I'm going to research the Scottish Highland Games, all the events and stuff like that. I'm going to put a program together and then you and I are going to go through that program together. And he was so excited for that. And we were very competitive. This guy's like 10 years younger than me, you know. And so, you know, when he would see me like throw on another 90 pounds above what he's doing, he was like, oh, man, okay, I got to get stronger. Right. You know, so it was just it was great like that, you know. Well, then this new management comes in. They said, you can't train with your clients anymore. Mm. You have to just train them. You can't be training at the same time. And I was like, what are you talking about? I gave all this pushback. They started calling me a lone wolf and that lone wolves <laughs> were not, a, couldn't be a part of this thing, you know, cause we're a team, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, you know what? Y'all have a good day. <laughs> and that's when I stopped being a personal trainer, <laughs> you know, because here's what they wanted me to do. Here's what, this is my long thing of just getting into what they wanted me to do they had one of the machines that you stand on it measures all your body fat you do all the measurements you do all this stuff all that stuff is all well and good right but the only focus was on body fat we're just trying to help people get their body fat down and just as you were just talking in your last episode uh about you know diet myths and stuff like that weight loss and exercise yeah. yeah Body fat is not a good determiner of health. No. It's just not. Nothing could be worse than judging somebody on their BMI. I know. That's crazy. It it is insane. I mean, my experience with that was going in to get health insurance and having a nurse put me on a scale and take my height and tell me that I was overweight. Right. And I looked at her. And at that time, I was in really good shape. And I sounded super egotistical when I said this, <laughs> but here's exactly what I said. I said, excuse me, nurse, look at me. <laughs> look at me. Yeah, I am not going to be charged more for my health insurance because I've dedicated myself to becoming the best athlete that I can be at this stage yeah. in my life. <laughs> and I will not be docked for that. So great. she's like, okay, you know, so now she's forced into having to take my actual measurements. She measured my waist and yeah. then my chest and all this kind right. of stuff. It's like, oh yeah, your chest is like 10 inches bigger than your waist. So I guess, <laughs> I guess we have to say you're in better shape than maddening, the height man. and weight. Yes. It's so <laughs> you know? maddening. You know? I mean, it's just, it's just crazy what people think health is. It's an, it's a whole, it's what I do mostly in talking and stuff. I mean, but but to your point, that's an industry-led problem. It's an industry-led problem. Correct. We got to be willing to hurt ourselves to have a different perception. And I think, like I think of movies, you know, this is we, movies is our cover for Simon and I talking to each other. Everybody, I think, knows this at this point. Yeah. <laughs> like, we really do like movies a lot. Yeah. But it's like, I also think the movie industry needs to hurt itself because all it's doing is recycling things from the past yes. or just doing superhero movies. 
okay, at some point you may need to have original thought. <laughs> or, you know, like, you know, people How aren't going to you. the movie theaters because the movies suck. That's why it's like yeah. most of the art is failing, like we just said. Yes. So yes. you may have to hurt yourself on the bottom line a little bit to get better quality. And I yeah. think like politically and, go, and wrapping that into is we're just not willing to hurt ourselves right now to say, you know what? We may need a different perspective, a legitimate third party. We yeah. may need something else. Or just like you're on this team or that team. It's disgusting, actually, to me. It it's really disgusting. is. My wife asked me, I told you about my my last Sunday school. Yeah. And I taught with Isaiah and how that went, which yes. was not well. You know? <laughs> uh, There's about three out of maybe, I don't know, 30 or 40 people who received it well. And then everybody <laughs> else was complaining about it. I, it's, it sounds like. There's um, a pattern with you, man. <laughs> I know. Burn every bridge. <laughs> You know, that that would be my sound of music. Burn every bridge. <laughs> you know. <laughs> um uh. but you know, so Shannon asked me, he's like, why do you bother? And and I think I might have told you, you know, that I said I'm in their heads now. Yes. You know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but <That's great. laughs> but that's the idea of integrity is that integrity eventually burns a hole in somebody's skull. <laughs> I love that. that. <laughs> you know, it, it, it it's the earworm, right? Yeah. Yeah. Once once you hear it and 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 you know there's something about that that's right. I don't want it. I don't like it because it disagrees with my mm. worldview at this moment in time. Oh, but there's something about it I can't ignore. That's integrity. Yeah. Mm. And I'm willing to be ostracized in my faith, my community, whatever it is, so that I can say truth. Yeah. You know, and I'm very comfortable with that at this point in my life, which I yeah. think is maybe a character flaw, actually, on my part. Yeah. Not because, a bug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's like uh maybe i should care more about what people think and there <laughs> is a part of me and i'm gonna here's here's me being very honest when i was gonna quit that play i didn't want to be blacklisted i want to do more plays you know i mean so there's that selfish part of me that yeah. says okay am i willing to do this so that people think I'm a team player and they'll cast me in another show. Well, I guess the answer is no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> and that's just, that's integrity. That's right. Integrity. I guess I'm, I'm tooting my own horn over here. Yeah. But, come you on, know. Simon. <laughs> but, uh, hey, I, here's what I'm going to say though. Uh, I was not the first to walk on that play. Mm. There are people who had, more integrity than I did. That's and, encouraging, actually. Yeah. So I was not the leader of this mm. exodus. All right. Yeah. So I don't want to paint some picture like I was. <laughs> all right. I was more kind of, you know, like I said, I was I was talking privately to the directors and stuff, trying to see how we could course correct, trying to see how, you know, what could be done, all this kind of stuff. I'm not a cancel culture guy. 
Yeah. You know, I'm, 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 I'm very patient. I'm very understanding. I want to see what we can do, you know, but then it's just, you know, then, then you figure out at some point you're just like, all right, we, I guess we can't, I guess we I can't, guess we and, can't. you know, yeah. and that, that's why I'm politically independent. That's why I'm not mm-hmm. in a play right now. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I actually think a lot more people are like that. They're just not willing to admit it. They don't want to come out as being like, oh, wishy-washy, but I have no problem with that. I have no stake on either side. I will not be coerced into doing something that just because the masses told me on others, I will not do that. I will stand in my personal philosophy and I'll take the team hit, whatever that means from that. I, I told my wife this all the time. I'm like, I'm willing to go on the sword, man. Like, I'm like, that's why I don't care what I put out on my podcast. Like, I don't I don't go. Oh, I'm this fitness guy. I can't talk about sex and about a lady coming on talking about gangbangs. I'm like, listen, uh, listen, that's what she talks about. I found it interesting. It's not that I'm doing it. I'm not doing that. But I'm just saying I find it interesting that other people are. And if people don't like that, just turn it off. Then don't listen to it. I was like, you know. I was talking to somebody just this morning, actually, once again, we were, we were just talking about, um, we were talking about religious stuff actually. Yeah. But one of the things I was saying was, was that, um, if we're not curious enough and serious enough to learn the history and the culture of the Jewish nation mm-hmm. and Christians have no business reading the old Testament. Right. I said, you know, one of the things I said was that it's not the Old Testament, it's the Jewish Bible. Right. And if all you're going to do is read it from a Christian's perspective, an American Christian perspective from the year 2022, <laughs> then you have no business telling anyone what that scripture means. Right. You have no business. Yeah. So that, that's that's my first question to anybody who tells me, oh, this scripture means this. I'll say, what's the historical context of this scripture? That's exactly. Nine right. times out of ten, they have no idea what is going on. <laughs> no. They don't know the archaeological evidence. They don't understand any of the theological aspect. None of it. Yeah. I mean, you, if you're going to believe in something, you should have a good working knowledge of it on all aspects. I exactly. just I mean, and that's the problem with a lot of politics and things is once you ask someone to explain themselves generally, it completely breaks down their reasoning behind in being into someone because no one yes. actually asks people why they're into stuff. They never yeah. ask. That's yeah. why I like to do these podcasts. What the hell are you doing? What? I want to understand this. Like I'm making it a big thing in 2023 to try to talk to a lot of like influencers and fitness people who maybe are not maybe what other people would deem credible people in our business, uh, regulated, yeah. you know, certified. I want to get inside their mind and understand why they do this, not to judge them. It's like, I just want to know, like, clearly yes. you're part of our industry, whether you're certified or not. Where, how did you come to this idea? I just want to know all the angles, you know, yeah. like, so if I'm going to be, be a Christian or I'm believing God, I should know all the angles here. I should ha- understand the historical context, significance, the reason for the resurrection, the, the, the actual evidence for it. I should know this yeah. stuff and not be like, Jesus, you know, 
yeah, you know, he overcame the grave. It's like, uh, <laughs> okay, okay, we understand the context behind this, you know, and yeah. the evidence and, and who saw him and the accounts. Yeah. It's like, how can you not know that? Like, like... <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I am, I, I always want to balance this out with saying, feeling that you love God and that God loves you. I'm never trying to take that away from anybody. No, of course not. There's no amount of archaeological evidence or historic or historicity that can prove or deny that a person loves God and God loves of them. Of course. And so yeah. that's never the point of any conversation. The point of the conversation is to say, okay, let's start there. Let's start with the idea that God loves you and you love God. Now let's eradicate the bad information that we have about exactly. God. And we have about the history and of of the worship of God and, right. and all these kinds of things. You know, I brought up recently to 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 somebody that um, in ancient Canaan during the Israelite time and 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 prior and everything that there were a lot of snake cults, and we mm -hmm. don't exactly know why and 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 where they kind of originate from. But I just thought it was very interesting that Moses and his brazen serpent, you know, and, and so, you know, there, there's a lot of snake stuff going on there. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and I was just bringing that up and that person was completely oblivious to the fact that there were a lot of snake cult stuff in mm -hmm. the area during that time. And there's like, really, that doesn't sound right. I was like, oh, because you've been hearing the revised version <laughs> where Israel only always just worshiped Yahweh and, yeah. and, you know, and, and of course, and, and if they didn't, then they were burned and killed and yeah. bitten by flying serpents and things like that. Well, it's like, well, so I read the Bible under the assumption that it didn't happen that way. Yeah. You know, and I think that's the healthy way to do it. You right. know, okay. Like every other mythology, it didn't happen this way. Yeah. Did it happen? Maybe. I'm not, <laughs> like, I'm, not, maybe. I'm not saying it didn't. Right. But I'm saying it didn't happen like, like this. Like that. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm saying that somebody writing in, you know, when when the Bible is finally written down between the years um, 6 and 300 mm -hmm. around there, B.C., um, in Babylonia, you know, of all places. Places, right you know um I, I i'm saying that they have a complete inability to quote verbatim adam and eve of course of course so of course. So, so, so please don't tell me that that's exactly how it happened <laughs> it's definitely not please but, but that's what's disturbing <laughs> about today is someone could literally have okay let's take me and you they can say simon you said this on the episode with Dr. D and like, you could literally look him in the face and be like, no, I didn't. Yeah. And then no, no, it's right here. Nope. Like people <laughs> do that all the time. Like right now. And that just literally blows yeah. my mind. That's just, that's, that's, that's the Marjorie point. Taylor green. That's thing. what I'm saying. Like, that's like, that I don't is, remember this feels like that, the first time. That. Yeah. Like I understand that people didn't believe, Jesus did miracles and stuff in that time. I understand. But it's like not like there was like iPhones and shit, you know, it's like, yeah. And, and like there is tangible things you could see with your own eyes 
and to be like, let me run this back. Let me play this back for you. Okay. Yes. Like you're playing back your favorite song here. Play, let's listen to the lyrics. Oh, that wasn't me. No, that's not you. <laughs> like, I didn't say that. Like that yeah. to me is like the destruction of people is like this in the face, the eye of irrefutable evidence. I didn't do that. I wasn't there. That wasn't me. Oh, we have yeah. this. Your face is right here on the camera. Oh, that wasn't me. <laughs> like, what is happening with people? <laughs> yeah. Um, that, you know, that that's that I wonder how facial recognition technology is going to like if it's going to make that better or worse. <laughs> Because at some point, and I and I don't like to be, you know, a conspiracy theorist, but at yeah. some point, and at least in all the major cities, you won't be able to walk anywhere without oh. some kind of facial recognition device yeah. seeing you. They'll be outside of every store, of especially course. the big stores, because they're going to want to see who's, you know, collect information on everybody who yeah. walks by. They'll their call window. it a surveillance state exactly. and the whole thing, you, you know, know? and and so. Anyway, uh, it will be interesting to see at some point in our future when um, w when this is our reality, how many people will be able to say, nope, wasn't me. Wasn't me. I'm like, we see you. I see you. We see you. I, I literally see your yes. face. Like, no, it was a deep fake. Somebody manipulated the thing, you know. Yeah. Like, okay, maybe. But like, I mean, really? Like, you did that. <laughs> it's like. It's a problem for me. I, I have to get over it. It's like a real issue for me. Honestly, it's the honest truth. I'm like, it, it, and and here's where the integrity comes in, where where somebody tells me, you said this on the Dr. D podcast. And I say, no, I didn't. And then they show me the recording and I say, oh, I guess I did. Right. Just admit that, it. That's all. <laughs> yeah, because I did. our so human what? brains are so inaccurate. Yeah. We, you know, I, I, I think I've, I'm notorious for this. I think I've had a conversation with my wife about something and I haven't. I've done that too. I thought, <laughs> like, I, you know, I was like, well, I thought about talking to you about this. So in my mind, that became the reality. It became the reality. That's exactly but it right. wasn't. And I didn't talk. Oh, I was like, oh, okay. Well, I'm really sorry about that. Yeah. I, just admit it. It's okay. Yeah. What you Crazy. said to your daughter to me is so profound and it's so important. And I think one of the most important things that I can do with my children is apologize. Yeah, agreed. One of those other things that turns me off from religiosity is the deification of people. Yeah. The deification of an old prophet or even Jesus himself. And that's going to sound sacrilegious. It's going to sound her heretical here. I'm not saying that Jesus isn't deified, okay? I'm not saying that Jesus was, uh, uh, or I'm not saying that Jesus ever sinned. Let's just put it that way. That's yeah. the easiest way to say it because most people who are Christians say Jesus never sinned. Right. But just having this conversation recently as well, there's a difference between sinning and making a mistake. Yeah. The Jesus that never made a mistake and never had to apologize to anybody, I can't relate to him. He can't relate to me. We don't understand each other. Right. Part of the learning of humility and to learn how to love other people is learning how to apologize even when you're right. Didn't we yeah. just talk about this recently? Yeah, yeah. Like apologizing Crazy. when you're right? Yeah. I mean... 
to me, that's 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 like, but when we deify somebody and say, oh, they never made a mistake, yeah. they never did anything wrong. We yeah. are demonizing wrongness. Right. And that right there says a lot about our integrity. Yeah. When we can't accept, just like we've been saying this whole time, when you can't accept ever being wrong, because you think being wrong is the worst thing that could ever happen to you. <laughs> right. Like, no, no, it's not. It's definitely not. I'm so comfortable with being wrong. Simon, we know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Simon, I, I'm, man. I'm more uncomfortable with being right. <laughs> I know. I get all the texts. I know, man. It's. Ooh, we got to wind this down. This, this this could be like a 10-hour marathon. I swear, man. This could be like, but you know what time of the show it is oh, for me to say nice I'm things ready. about Simon. I never forget. I never forget this. Simon, <laughs> you're the man. You mm. really are. This is like such a meaningful time, literally, every single time. Yeah. You may be failing at a lot of, lot of other things, friend. You're not <laughs> failing at this. <laughs> I appreciate that. And, and neither are you. I mean, you know, this show that you that you have is is such a success. Thank you. And it's it, here's the thing. If you never got a single listener, it's a success. Be fun. Yeah. Because of the conversations you're having. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, right. uh, you enrich the lives of everybody who comes on your show. Thank you. And they enrich your lives and your life. And and you pass that on, you pay that forward mm -hmm. in every new conversation that's you right. have. And I think that's a beautiful thing, man. Thank I you. I really man. appreciate it. All right, man. Listen, another excellent episode. And uh Simon, until next time, man. Until next time. <laughs>